Whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus, let us drink beer. Welcome back to the Go to Hell podcast, strong opinions weekly held about Christianity, the church, and beer. I'm your host, Tim Crudely, and I'm joined by my co-host, Colton Pierce. Colton, how's it going? It's going good. Uh, I'm on winter break, uh, and today was my first day of being Mr. Mom, uh, which was uh, tough. Uh, I mean, just a little, uh, maybe a little... uh, Oh, Oh, God honesty here um i like babies like infant babies intimidate the hell out of me like just uh zero to one year old pretty much is just like it's really i I, like like vince vaughn and four christmases it's not even like okay so like the diaper changing i can deal with it's just like the constant like like even like my baby is super chill but occasionally, like, she just whines, and I'm just like, I don't know how to help you. Like, tell me what you want so that way I can help you. <laughs> uh, you know, and you go through all three things that, like, all right, do you need to sleep? Or do you need to eat? Do you need a diaper change? You go through those, and apparently all of those are filled. But actually what she just wants is for you to stand up with her and walk around the house with her for hours on end, you know? And it's yeah. Like, I would like to put you down now because my arms are tired and you set them down and then they explode and you're like, oh my gosh, like baby children are just like, and like some people love that. They're like, that's all I want to do with my day is I just want to walk around with the baby and just like hold it the entire time and just look at her and just like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I got shit to do. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just really tough for me. Um, I'm just really intimidated by this age. Uh, Um, just because they're not self-sufficient and just like having to be like there for them. Uh, and not like, not that toddlers are self-sufficient either, but that it's different, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, so it, it's not a stress-free day. That's for sure. Um, but it was good. It went fine. For the most part you so. see you always seem great with her so and i have no insight since i didn't have little baby children of my own so i was like when i have her for a couple hours i've, sure. I've, ch- I've changed two diapers in my life wow and that's, that's impressive too too many i've changed a lot just today <laughs> um yeah how are you doing uh, not bad week off from work so just kind of, I got other things to do. You're a man of leisure. <laughs> Somewhat <laughs> a man of leisure. Uh, but I have stuff to do with the charity. I'm involved. I gotta, I have to close the books for the year, get get them as closed as possible. Uh, so I'll, that all I have left is the last two weeks of the year and then um, get those finished and some other stuff. I got Go to Hell podcast, little projects on the side to work on, so... Make keeping my day busy. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, what are we drinking tonight, Tim? Well, right now, you heard me crack open the 
Happy Dad Hard Seltzer, the Big Papa, which is allegedly a fruit punch seltzer, 24 ounces of it. And I can assure you, listeners, I'm not getting anywhere close to drinking 24 ounces of it. So it is, uh, it was bought by my son and daughter-in-law for my birthday and it was a it was appreciated because it says it's got big papa i go by papa to the grandchildren so they they got it for that so they didn't really get it because i they thought i'd like seltzers but my wife promised them that we drink it or i drink it on the podcast so here i am it's it's, it's no bueno <laughs> Uh, what I am drinking currently, which Tim will be indulging in in a second, is from Crow and Wolf uh, Brewing Company, which is based out of Clovis, California. Uh, we went up there a couple months back in October. Uh, November, actually. So a month and a half ago. Mm. Um, and we got to try out some of their beers there. Uh, it was a cool little spot. That's ass. <laughs> You're not talking about the Kolsch right no. now. No. Okay. Uh, so we're drinking a Kolsch from there right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's called the Quarter Mile, and it's 5.2%. Um, for those of you that are unfamiliar with German beers, Kolsch is a nice, light, almost lager-esque type beer. Um, and it tastes like a Kolsch. Like. That's nice. Yeah. It's a good way to start the evening. We'll be... Get, we'll be Upping our alcohol intake as we go through tonight's conversation, which actually I think will be fun. We're going to finish off with a thank you very much. Just kidding. <laughs> I have nowhere to go. It's up to you. <laughs> well, I think the last time we drank that, you had to sleep in my house or something similar. That a dump was, truck. That was what happened. No, it was it was a thank you very much. Yeah, that was funny. That was That was a funny night. <laughs> that was a terrible next morning. We recorded one night and we did thank you very much. I don't even know. That was over a year ago, um, and I had I had water polo practice at five thirty in the morning at Western, and and we drank to thank you very much, and we were toasty. <laughs> we yeah. were gonna watch a movie to sober up before I was gonna drive home. I passed out. I don't even remember what we were trying to watch. It wasn't even a movie that we ended up putting on. It was like a TV show or something, and. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably Seinfeld. And my wife and I had every intention of going home. There was no like doubt in my mind. And then lo and behold, I wake up at 4 a.m. on Tim's couch. And I was like, well, I guess I'm staying the night here. There's no point in going home. I have to turn around and come right back. I had to apologize to my wife. I'm like, I'm sorry. I passed out at his house. So, uh, yeah, no, we're not going to, to do that. But we've got a couple more IPAs coming up um, for the rest of the evening. So, uh, and we're just drinking half pours each. So. Anyways, uh, what are you listening to this week? We last we talked with Saturday. Um, it was still Tuesday. more Christmas music. Oh man, any any uh, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Uh, the Michael Jackson version? No, uh, you know what I'm talking about. The freaking Bruce Springsteen, bro. Oh no. <laughs> no. No, the Jackson Five version's good, but not that. No, I don't, no, no, Bruce Springsteen. Which uh, SNL did their uh, their their joke swap on Saturday, and it was pretty funny. What's that? 
the two anchors, the two... Uh, oh, they write jokes and then they... And the other person has to say them. Oh, okay. And so usually Colin Yost has to, or Jost has to read a bunch of racist jokes um, talking about black people and because his counterpart is Mike Michael Shea and he's obviously an African-American man. This year he had them bring in a activist from like the 1960s civil rights activist to sit there right next to him as he read all of the jokes oh dear <laughs> it was awesome so funny uh but michael shade and the reason why i think this is funny is because and why i'm bringing it up is because you did uh you talked about the michael jackson and there was a and uh there was a joke in there about a <laughs> about mj the musical is now out and they said, ah, it's much, and Michael Shea had to read it. He's like, much like the real life where Michael was phenomenal and the kids just weren't believable. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> Is that the one where they've got a, a hologram Michael Jackson? I have no idea. I, I hadn't even is. heard of it. Anyways, so nothing specific Christmas music. You're just like Christmas music. That's it. No Michael Bublé, no. Uh, well, I Charlie think... Brown's Christmas, no. <coughs> no, it's White just... Christmas by that one guy. Just kidding. It. I tend to go for the cl- the the classics, and as not as you said last week, Mariah Carey. Uh, Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. Oh, that one kind of pops up every once. No, it's usually Sinatra and Nat King Cole, and I like Bublé, and you for up, updated versions of Sinatra and and. Nat King Cole and uh, Bing Crosby, that kind of stuff. I was like, we always had uh, what's his name's Christmas album going up. Uh, Louis Armstrong's. Well, that was a good one. So that was fun. Yeah, good stuff. And you? Uh, Ooh, I actually wanted to bring this one up because I don't think we've ever had a conversation about this artist before. And so, all right. So to help down the buddy trail again, I Moby. No, that's funny though. Uh, I don't think I've ever listened to Moby. I know who he is, but uh, you go through a Moby phase. Is that what you're admitting to? Now? No, I don't. Oh, okay. I was like, uh, okay. So I was hopping down the bunny trail of. I I think I was talking about last time I was listening to some alternative rock music, fairly similar. Blah 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 blah. Uh, ended up back on Creed, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, and then. Again, we've never talked about them before. I'd never heard us talk about them. Nickelback. No. <laughs> they don't need any more popularity than they already have. Three Doors Down. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh. I was just like, I was going through and I was like, man, I really... Superman. And that's that's not even like one of my favorites. Like, you know, like i my son jeff loved that song for like two three years like you could just play it over and over and over and over and over, and over again and so you're just like i'm over it no it they just i never quite got into those bands because it they were just back then radio was still something you listened to in the car so you know it was if it came on i, I really liked those bands they weren't but they weren't anything i was gonna buy an album for oh interesting I'm a big fan of, I, and I don't know if necessarily their stuff was like album worthy. Again, they they surged due to the iPod. Like that was more when the time when they took off was during the MP3 era. 
Um, I mean, CDs were still a thing, but that was more uh, their time in the early to late thousands after Steve Jobs and the iPod had already. So I can't tell you that I've honestly listened to their albums, like all right. of them all the way through or anything. Uh, but there's lots of songs that I liked of theirs. So, um, and they were a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, they were a little bit more kind of on the same ballpark as uh, Rise Against. Um, just, you know, speaking out about a lot of the stuff that was going on in the United States at the time. Um, and so, uh, good music, good times. Um, borderline positive Christian. Yeah, know, they're, yeah, not, they're kind of, uh, like, you know, at the same time. Yeah, they're like, uh, you could draw the connection if you wanted to. Oh, there was another band in the 90s that was like that where they had a lot of Christian themes in their music, but I, I don't think anybody, they never admitted to being Christian. It was, uh, name's gonna not gonna come up with the name but yeah there's bands like that that pop up from time to time yeah dude just like oh man your themes and what you're singing about um which i mean could go to they could all be atheists or whatever but still that theme and that message we can definitely resonate with and agree with um and that's not a problem either well maybe the maybe they are christian band they're they're the guy three doors down from the door that jesus is knocking on (laughs) maybe (laughs) um yeah, so that's who I was listening to, and I was like, ah, oh, man, oh, out of I all the times think that we of, talked about it. The band that I'm trying to think of, I cannot remember the name, but the song, the big song that they did was Shine. Collective Soul, that's what I'm thinking of, Collective Soul. They had kind of a, there was there was a belief that they were Christian. There was a lot of bands, though, in the late 90s, early 2000s, that kind of um, were secular but had a lot of Christian undertones to them. There's another band called The Water Boys, and they've got some good music. It's kind of punk, uh, not punk, but pop alternative. Uh, they were really good. And they, they'd been around for a long time. I think they started in the 80s and kept playing through and kept recording through the 2000s. Um, they've got a great live song called This Is The Sea. It's in one of, uh, it's in uh, a great surf documentary at the end, the rolling credits. But um, anyway, so yeah, Collective Soul I was thinking of and Shine. Nice. Yeah, so good bands. I was just, I thought it was funny, like I said, because I think you, uh, Andy and I have talked about music of that era on multiple occasions and I don't think we've ever talked about Three Doors Down. No, that was, we've we've mentioned Train and some of those other bands, but not that, I don't remember that yeah, one coming no, up. I don't think that's ever come up, so... Kind of like a little forgotten one from me, so um, fun stuff. Um, any uh, what the X tonight? No, what the X? I've kind of been off X the last couple of days, so I have nothing. I don't think I have. Anything. You know, that's probably good for your mental health. Honestly, you know. I don't have my phone with me. Uh, that's also good for your <clears throat> mental health. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, you have to be careful on there, particularly the biggest problem I have is I, I have a pretty sharp tongue (laughs) and I so want to respond in snarky ways to stupidity I see on there. And I have to tell myself, don't respond if you're just contributing to the 
toxic culture that X is. So if you're going to respond, do, be, do it in a positive way. If you're going to criticize, openly go out about it and do it in a positive way. And if you get shit thrown back at you, even though you've been positive but critical, you know, either don't respond or, you know, in a nice positive way, point out, hey, you don't have to be a dick about it. We're just having a conversation. But generally, I find myself just tending to not respond. So, uh, but I don't really follow. I get a lot of political things on there, and most of it I just roll my eyes on both sides. Um, right. The stuff that I find interesting is either sports or some of the religious stuff, and some of the well, there's even there's eye rolling things in sports and the religious stuff too. But at least on that, it's a little less toxic. So um, with the sports stuff, it's yeah, you know, Texas fans are dumbasses. So what 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 else can I should I expect? And then. The religious stuff, you just kind of roll your eyes and say, oh, isn't that precious? So. <laughs> that is, yeah. Twitter, social media, I think that everybody should be cautious being on those sites. It's just, yeah, it's, um, it's a toxic place. Um, even if you're still trying to spread positivity on there, there's still a lot on there where... Yeah, like I said, it, there's a lot of stuff where I agree with the research where if anybody says that it doesn't have any effect on you psychologically, um, just constantly scrolling through and seeing that stuff, it's like yeah, people put so much junk on there. I don't agree with the whole like, especially Instagram where it's like you only see the positive snapshots of people's yeah. lives. Like there's, there's tough stuff with that of just seeing that on a regular basis that's um, and especially this time of year, it is really tough. Um, so make sure you're taking care of yourself, even though we're not doing what the X tonight. Just keep in mind that you know social media can be a can be a tough spot, and sometimes we just need to unplug and unwind from it and enjoy not being a part of that. So yeah, and I manage the go to hell Instagram and X accounts, and if you follow them, you know we post little to nothing for a while there we were posting uh beer of the week little kind of like audio snippets snippets with video with pictures of the beer and it just got away from it and it's par partially folks just because to colton's point you're either kind of all in or you're not and so i just you know i i get to it when i get to it but otherwise i just generally just stay off Rarely, you might see me post every once in a while a picture of my dogs on instagram or a nice beer that we had at, at a brewery we went to, or but I just basically just stay off of it. I, when we go on vacation, I don't post anything, um, partially because of the fakeness of what you're talking about. Also, just for security purposes, right. I don't want people knowing I'm gone. People who know I'm gone are the people who need to know I'm gone. Otherwise, it's not the world's business. Um, so, um, and then it's just you can't. Getting in arguments with strangers on social media over issues that are fairly complicated is just not a healthy way to conduct society. Absolutely and, not. Um, and it's frankly, it's not really healthy society for people to be able to say stuff to quote unquote people's face when the person's not there. Don't say something you're not. Well, you think you wouldn't get away with getting punched in the face or. Uh, you know the shit beat out of you that's so 
Save those conversations at a bar when you're willing to defend yourself. And then we'll see if you're, you're that mouthy in real life. So, yeah, know what the X tonight. We will maybe do something uh, next week. Uh, try to do something on a regular basis, but I didn't see anything particularly clever this week. And we're already on to beer number two. Oh, yeah, they're half pours. Yeah, they're half pours, just so everybody knows. Yeah, we're just slamming beers out here. Did you finish your pulse or no? I just You're, got a little bit more. I was like, you were drinking the, the fruit punch there. And I was drinking a little bit before we started. Do you want to try the fruit punch at all? Just a sip? Yeah, I'll give it a sip. That's fine. This is our hazy. Here, I'll swap you. Oh, goodness gracious. All right, here we go. Sip of the... Uh, I don't even like if... Okay. Now, nah, you can aid me if you want, but I don't like fruit punch. Like, it's just like... Oh, you don't? Thing. No, I don't. So... I don't know. There's never been like a time where I've enjoyed it. Like the Hawaiian fruit punch always was like, Egh. I don't know what flavor. No Gatorade or Powerade fruit punch. No, see that thing. stuff is fine. Okay. I, that doesn't bother oh, me. Like, like I'm talking about like Hawaiian oh, fruit yeah, punch, no, you know, like sweet. that stuff. Like I was like, Ugh. but this is what, that's what this smells like. Oh, it smells like it, but it doesn't taste like it. Okay. That's not that bad. Compared to how much I thought, like, the smell was going to, like, I thought this was going to be super sweet. Like, no, it's not sweet at all. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I mean, and then it tastes sugar-free. I I guess the upside of it is, is it doesn't taste like fruit punch, so you're not slamming back tw- yeah, at least 24 ounces of a 5% alcohol, and then, like, you know, tank. Have a fatal sugar headache tomorrow morning. Yeah, so... Yeah, no. This is them uh, making sure everybody drinks responsibly. It's not terrible. I mean, I I don't want it. Like, but I was like, it tastes like. Go give it to my wife, but she's got to work tomorrow, so that'd be a bad idea. Ooh, bummer. Those those uh those administrators. Mm. This is our hazy that we're drinking. This is tasty. I don't remember. They. I don't think they had this the night we were there. Well, you have the can. You can explain it to our listeners. I don't know where you put it. <laughs> this is the... Oh, I, I thought, I've had this one before. Somewhere. Stargazer. Hazy IPA. 6.5% alcohol. And it's got a nice... Uh, it's a little sweet for yeah. a hazy, but it's still pretty good. I think that's the tropical side. It is. It says it's citrus, dank, and tropical. I think the, all three of those fit. Yeah. Nice and tasty. Yeah, that's pretty good. We might have had it on the podcast before. I know that we've had Chrome Wolf on the podcast like one time before, but that was so long ago. Yeah, I probably had this when we've done trivia night at our. Uh, oh, that's a possibility too. Pizza place too, because they usually have Chrome Wolf. There was probably a night where I didn't want something else on the menu or decided to try it. So, uh, run, but that can looks familiar as well. You just were on strike from Phantom Bride that night. There you go. All right, tonight is our New Year's episode. Uh, so we're still a week and a half out from New Year's. Tim and I won't actually be here on New Year's. Um, we've got other plans for that particular weekend, start of the week kind of thing. Um, but uh, 
we still would like to have a conversation tonight reflecting on our previous year on this year that we've just had and then also looking forward to the year ahead um i think that it's a good healthy habit that every single person should do is every once in a while we need to take stock and reflect and i think that the year end is a really good time to do that um i arguments should be made that it should happen in regular occurrences um, based off of where you're at in your job and that kind of stuff. Um, you should be taking stock of what you have and also prepare for what is coming up in the future. Um, I don't think that that's a bad idea, but just so happens that tonight we're going to do it um, as a full year reflection. So you're going to have to dig deep tonight, Tim, uh, thinking back to all the stuff that's happened for you over the year. Because um, we got 30 questions that are reflecting on this year, and then we got 20 questions talking about what's going to be happening. Oh, you bamboozled me. You showed up prepared. <laughs> you Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> I was he, Just so everybody knows, Colton showed up tonight, and I was like, I have nothing to say. I don't know what we're going to talk about. He's like, yeah, we'll be fine. And then like two or three minutes later, this might be a, a double episode. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? We don't even have anything prepared. He's, He's like, like, we're going to scrape by. Yeah, you know, it was like, what are you talking about? So, good for you. <laughs> so, I'm sure everyone who listens to this on a regular basis is like, yes, it's Tim this time. It's, it's always good when Tim's the one who's getting, uh, who's on the hot seat. That's right. Uh, so, existential questions. <laughs> So Tim well, is we on. get like 10 episodes out of that. I know. That was great. I had fun with that. <laughs> so did I. Uh, so number one, uh, and I mean like some of these are pretty simple. They're not going to be super uh, big, but I mean, I take a couple of seconds. Think about your answer. Um, I think that it's always good. Like I said, you got 365 days to cover in your history um, box tonight. So um, number one, what is the most important lesson that you learned this year? Oh, jeez. I wouldn't say learned, but reminded, which is just as important when you're 50-something at my age. Uh, Things don't always happen on your timetable. Sometimes they take a little bit longer than what you're hoping for. That's good. I think for me this year, um, at least just for me personally, and maybe like people are going to sit there and say uh, that, I mean, for me, I was pretty much as close to rock bottom as I could possibly get um, earlier this year. Um and so just using this phrase, some people might say it's an over-exaggeration or whatever, but I really did learn that you can come back from hitting rock bottom. <laughs> uh, had a really rough start of the year um, this year, and so being able to... Um, and it w- I was in a very hopeless place um, in February um, and March just really tough um those parts of the year uh but i worked hard um and was able to come back from that i'm still working hard now but i am 
thriving in the environment that I'm currently in and I'm loving it. Um, whereas I really didn't understand how miserable I was um, in the previous occupational area. <laughs> well, the previous work site I was at. Um, and so it took leaving and, and learning that, you know, there was other things outside there for me um, to where I was able to grow and to develop. And so uh, very grateful for the second half of this year and all the awesome stuff that's occurred during that time as opposed to the first half of the year, which was really, really tough for me. So I don't know. So do you feel that that's, that was the Lord doing that or it's just that's just circumstances? I believe that God can use me anywhere. Um, I think that God could use me at this particular place or um, or another. Um, as far as me leaving, I think that it wasn't like again we've talked about predestination and that kind of stuff. Where I don't, it's not predestination. I just I don't think it has to be that binary of it's predestination or or God just or there's or it's uh, the deist view where God just doesn't have isn't involved at all and just lets the world kind of spin on its own um i don't know no i, I think it's a good question i do you I think, think what i god I, was saying look he'll take care of me he took care of you and you were under you were underutilized at the place you were at before i think this is one of those things where you and I tend to be a little more cynical. I don't know if that's the right word. Cynical, skeptical, less traditional, evangelical about... Charismatic. Yeah. Of, oh, this the Lord provided. This is God's plan, that kind of thing. But I also think it's also worth saying, yeah, God took care of me and put me in a, sp in a spot. Because then that puts you in the position of... like. Kind of puts you in the goodwill hunting thing of now go out and earn this. Like go out and I put you in a good spot. Go go take care of this. Yeah, and I don't like so when I said like I worked hard. Um, I, I no I know I'm just teasing this out. No, I didn't know no, you're fine, but also I want to clarify. Like I don't want anybody to be like because I know that there are those people out there that are like you don't nothing that you have is yours or that you <clears throat> earned or whatever you know that kind of stuff. Oh so, yeah. Um, I believe that God will take care of me everywhere that I go. Um, and I don't know. So, I mean, like, there's parts of it that are that, that you were just talking about. And I think that sometimes we – what's hard about that is sometimes we can also back ourselves into traps as to, okay, so did God then – I mean, did, did God cause me all of this psychological damage, this – emotional damage you know like because he was like okay i don't want you in the spot anymore so i'm gonna move you away but meanwhile there's stressors and stuff that are happening on my body and yes the scriptures say don't worry but you know like all this kind of stuff is coming my way and that kind of stuff so um so like for example so i was so and for anybody listening to this podcast i don't mind talking about it is i was let go from my job in february and the way that teachers contracts work are i have to uh, finish out my contract all the way through May. So I have a job and a paycheck all the way through July um, because uh, teachers defer their payments or defer their paycheck. So technically a teacher, 
a teacher so anytime people are like well you get off in the summer and well technically based off of contracted hours and that kind of stuff i actually don't get paid for the summer off um we just what teachers do is they defer their pay so we send all of our money to july and we get actually a nice little paycheck in july because we it's untaxed um but they take what they take out is a gross payment um so you actually get a gross paycheck instead of a net paycheck when it comes in in july so it's kind of fun um but uh yeah so we so i was let go from my job so i was told that i needed to resign um wasn't told why um it doesn't they don't need to and that was after what that was four months of really um kind of like a worker's hell for me um where i was just kind of sitting there thinking for the longest time i was constantly worried about whether or not i was going to be able to keep my job or not uh they had kind of put me in this position i was busting my ass trying to make sure that i was good enough for this spot or good enough for this job and they ended up saying that i wasn't and i was so upset uh and then uh, <coughs> excuse me now that happened in february but in january i also knew that i was going to be having a child in september so it was like i knew that i would have a paycheck through july but i didn't know where it was coming from after that so um but also still definitely had faith um that something was going to come my way i knew i was going to find something and i ended up I did find something, and it's been phenomenal. Um, I got to start meeting people in May, and I was just like, man, everybody on this campus is so happy, and they are so nice. And that's been true all the way through here. It wasn't like people were fake. It's just people are nice. I've gotten – when my wife had her baby, people, like, got together. They got me gifts and all that kind of stuff. That would have never happened at the other site. I got gifts upon <coughs> gifts upon gifts. Of just people that are just coming around and trying to help people um, get through and all that kind of stuff. People come in and check in on me and stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is insane. Nobody ever did this at my last site. Um, and to where I feel more like a family here than uh, than the previous site I was at. So uh, it's been great. Uh, I definitely believe that God is taking care of me. So that, what I was saying earlier was I'm not sitting there and saying that God... God put all this stress on me earlier and that kind of stuff. I'm saying that I think some things happened and those really sucked. But God is a constant and he's going to take care of me. And so that's what happened. So. Well, just to be clear, that was I think the attitude you originally expressed is the proper attitude to have. Because if one believes, you know, in this situation, you've ended up in a better, a better place. Uh, for you and in every sense of the word but you know there's a chance that you'd been you know you might have been bounced out of teaching altogether at worst or at a worse site than you were at now um, and if you accept the God put me in the nice spot then it I don't know that you have to believe that God put you in the inferior spot um 
but it certainly leads to that. And then it starts leading to, am I being punished? That kind of thing. So well, I it was because it was because I had sinned. And so therefore I had to wander. The well, desert. clearly I had to wander the uh, desert for 40 years. Obviously that, that's true. Um, <laughs> to be sure. Um, <laughs> And so, and and that's, I don't know many people that can keep their head on their shoulders and, and think and bless God, thank God for the blessings they get, but not for the really dark times. Uh, and then it leads to, you know, really bad ideas theologically, like I'm making money and succeeding because God clearly favors me and all that kind of stuff that's very pervasive in the church, in all segments of the church. And, um, so, yeah, so I think your original answer was the best one. I just kind of wanted to ask you oh, yeah. food for thought. So, all right. Question number two, mine's easy. So number two for Tim, what is the best thing that happened to you this year? Best thing that happened to me this year? San Diego Beer Marathon for sure. Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. Well, it's been kind of nice. My mom's had health issues, and she's been living with us, and we're still we're looking for her to have a place of her own still. But that's been kind of nice. It's been nice for us to see each other, see each other more on a regular basis. She. Before she was living in her own apartment, about twenty minutes away, so um, there was a bit of distance. So maybe that. Mine is obviously uh, getting to drink Pliny the Younger for the third year in a row. Whatever. <laughs> yes, yes, I had a child in September. Uh, Are you looking to stay at my house again? <laughs> she doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I love my daughter. Um, she's awesome. So, very happy to have her. Um, yeah, and that's been the greatest thing that's happened to us this year. I think it's it's been a very challenging thing that's happened to us this year, but it's been... I think that's one of the reasons why God wants people to have babies. And again, I'm talking out of my ass because I never did, but I think it's because <laughs> it's a challenge. Yeah. And it creates a level of selflessness and sacrifice and all that kind of, and uh you know it's the theme of all kinds of movies i'm not ready to have a baby no one's ever ready to have a baby i don't care how overly bearing your mother or mother-in-law are they're you're not ready to have a baby and it's one of those things you just do on the fly and find out oh i can do this and then a lot of other things in life aren't that difficult so it's good. I agree. Number three, what challenges did you overcome? It says challenges. So any challenges that you overcame this year? San Diego beer challenge. <laughs> the yes. beer marathon. That's right. I mean, what was it? 18, 18 beer breweries. breweries and... More than 18 beers. <laughs> uh, challenges. Well, I can't think of anything I've overcome. There's one in particular that I'm still overcoming. Hopefully we'll overcome in 2024. Which goes back to my first answer of things don't happen, haven't happened in the time frame that I was hoping for. Yeah. 
And if, I, if I'm being uh, coy and you want, folks are wondering what I'm talking about, that's all I can say. So, And that's all I'll ever be able to say. But there's just stuff going on behind the scenes with me professionally that I'm dealing with. And so it is what it is. No other challenges? Not that I can think of. I think for me, there's just been three main challenges this year that I've had to overcome. One was, uh, one was being let go. Oh, you thought of something. Well, not for this one, but the previous question. My youngest, Jeff, got married this last year. Oh, so there that, you that, go. that's the one. That, that's the big thing. Yeah, Jeff got married. So now all my kids are out and don't. And he moved to Oklahoma, so he's the youngest is out. He's on his own. Nice. Deputy sheriff. Deputy sheriff. So anyway, there's a snake in his boot. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think the the top three challenges for me this year and. I still think I'm overcoming two of them. The first one is uh, being let go. I mean, that's always a tough one. Uh, what is uh, When I was in college, we had to read, uh, as part of our English one class, we had to read uh, Where's the Cheese? You know what I'm talking about? You know that book? You don't know that book? Nope. Oh, it's like the book that they give you when they fire you. I've never, um, well, no, I've been fired once. It, well, I, it's not the book that they give you when you, but corporate, like it's like corporations would buy this book and like give it to people. Oh, they thank show, God I've never had to work for a corporation. Or they'd show people these videos of like, <coughs> they're like, it's basically they send two guys out into a maze and one of them, and they keep sending them over and over again, and they keep finding the cheese, or they keep sending, or maybe it's two mice in the mice talk or something, but it's, they keep sending these two mice out in the maze, blah, 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 and they keep the cheese in the same spot every single time, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually they move the cheese somewhere else. And one of the mice gets stuck up on the fact they're like, someone move my cheese, who uh, moved yes. my cheese? And then the other one goes and just looks for where the cheese is at now. So it's the idea of just like you can either get up and move on with your life or you can sit there and just like think, woe is me, basically. Right. Um, which is a dick move for corporations to like throw at you as they're firing you. But also at the same point, like, yeah, like life, life moves on. Like, yeah, just as an aside, the, the, <laughs> the corporate, uh, the corporate, we're letting you go services where they bring you in. With some out third party who doesn't work at the company and say, so we're letting you go. We're giving you a nice severance package if you never say a word about this. What's the name of the George Clooney movie that's the uh, Up in the Air? Up in the Air. That movie is fantastic. I watch that movie at least once a year, sometimes twice a year because that is a perfect example of it. It's like if you have the money to spend all this money to let us go, <laughs> why are we being let go? Uh, I know the math actually works, so don't. If you run a big corporation, somehow have started listening to this podcast, don't email me. But it always just does seem weird. Like, you're letting me go, but you're paying for this high-priced consultant to do this in a very orderly manner. Um, so. Yes. Uh, there's with another the, movie. With Anna Kendrick. Yes, with Anna Kendrick. And then there's another great movie that I also watch once or twice a year. It's called The Company Men. It's got Ben Affleck in it. And... It's about a shipping company in the Northeast that lets a bunch of people go. Ben Affleck's one of them. And it's people learning to deal with the fact that work 
their their value in life is not who they work for, but they're it's bigger than that. That's kind of one of the themes. So yeah, that's a true statement. Like I mean, I had to find kind of that uh, this year of just like especially in our small town, a lot of teachers in our area is usually go back and you work for the high school that you went to school with. Um, I did not, or that you went to school for back in high school. Um, but, uh, that's not who I went and worked for, but I worked for the same district. Um, and so, um, and I'd worked with the Tulare community for so long. And so, uh, but really having to figure out that it's like, oh yeah, my value is not necessarily, um, in necessarily working in Tulare or anything like that. I mean, I still find value in my occupation, but it's not my identity, um, and so, uh, I work in Porterville now, which is a 36 minute drive, 40 minute drive from my house. And it's great. The kids think I'm crazy, but they don't really understand commuting. So, uh, they, yeah, most of Danica <laughs> works in, in the same, Danica works in the same town and most of the people she works with lived in Visalia too. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. The other two are things that, like you, I'm conquering. They're not, like, challenges that I've completely overcome. Uh, one is being a dad. That's uh, a challenge I don't know if I'm ever going to get over. I Like I said, there's things that I, I feel like I'm good at um, and things that I feel like I'm not so good at. Right now is, I think, when it comes to being a, a baby dad, I'm not as good at that. I think that, like, my wife's, like, She's intimidated by when our daughter goes to school and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, dude, that's like my wheelhouse. Like, that's easy peasy. <laughs> I was like, uh, I can get her to school. I can take her home from school. I've got, you know, my schedule revolves around the same thing with her. Like, our, our breaks not may not exactly line up, but right. we're going to have something similar. So um, that's where I'm not worried about that at all. So... I don't know. Just right now in this particular time, it's really challenging for me. Um, I'm having fun, but at the same time, like, I'm stressed anytime that I'm I'm left alone with her because it's just I'm not in a comfort zone at all for me. Um, this is where so. this is this generational gap between you and me because your generation talks about their stress and mine does not. It's just like, yeah, stress is a thing. So what the hell are you talking about? Why are we talking about it? Yeah, I mean, I'm just not in my element. Like, I mean... I mean, you, you may say that every person is not in their element, but my wife does a I'm hell of a lot better at it than I do. So, and, and let, don't get me wrong. I think guys use that as a cop out all the time to not do their job. Like, or to not be that they're just like, okay, well like you're better at it than me. And so therefore, and I'm like, and I don't want to be that dad where I'm just like, oh, you're better at this than me. And so I'm trying really hard, but at the same time, I'm just like, man, I really, and I got to get better. But at the same time, I'm like. This sucks. Like, it's not, I'm not, like, my wife is like, I miss her so much. I want to be home with her and, like, all this stuff. And I'm like, that's not what I'm thinking when I'm not at home. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man, somebody please save me is what I'm thinking at home. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's there's a difference between the sexes. So. <laughs> no, that's fine. I just, I'm not, I don't want to use it as a cop-out to where it's like, my wife feels like, like she has to take on the burden of. The oh no! Sure, yeah, like that's that's you having to. Uh, that's you having to. Curb your. 
natural male self. Yeah. But the problem is these days we want to talk about how men have to curb their natural urges. We don't talk about females, and she has the same problem. You know, women. The opposite side of that is is what we now refer to as helicopter moms or tiger moms, where it's just everything is just like hovering over the kid and not letting the kid go out and take risks and chances and stuff like that. So, and I'm not saying Audrey's going to be that way, but that's the the flip side of that is yes, the females can have the same natural predilections that they need to quash and you know that's when when my wife and i married and particularly our youngest there was some kind of discipline that needed to happen and she and i disagreed it was always we'll disagree in private not in front of the kids right and when we disagreed you know it was usually oh she felt sorry for one of the kids and i didn't and she and then she'd feel bad about it and i'd say don't feel bad about it you're a mom you gave birth to these children. Of course, you're going to, you know, you have a whole le- level of attachment that I don't have. I, I'm not, that's taking aside the fact that I'm not the biological father. Even with the biological fathers, I didn't give, I didn't have this thing in my present, in my body for nine months and give birth to it. You have a whole other level of attachment than I do. You're, and, and you're built to protect, and I'm built to push and, you know, and, be hard on and and those things push and pull and sometimes i need to tell you like no now's not the time to be protective and sometimes it's the dad the dad needs to step aside and say all right this is not the end of the world or we don't you know let's be protective in this instance so you know you've got to have the yin and the yang when when you're raising kids so yeah and then uh yeah and i i agree well it's just it's tough right now uh and then the third one that Again, I'm still overcoming is, uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I don't think I've said it on air, but, uh, I have removed, um, beer from my household. So, uh, there's going to be special occasions where I'll have it like on Christmas. I'll go fill up a growler and, and take it home, um, and, and drink there. But, um, I don't believe I'm an alcoholic, uh, I mean, it could be if, like, we were, like, trying to tie it down or anything like that. And I was like, somebody could probably psychoanalyze me and tell me that I am. But. I think people who are involved. Never mind. Doesn't matter. I. I'd like to have a little bit more self-control. And so um, one of the ways that I'm using or trying to use self-control. And I I mean, like, I could do a dry January like what some people do or I could do a whatever. Um, But what I've just decided to do is I just said, you know. I really enjoy drinking on the podcast. I j- enjoy going out and drinking with my friends, but that keeps it down to a minimum of I'm only consuming alcohol like two nights a week as opposed to if I'm going out or if I buy it at my house and I'm drinking every night of the week. And I'm <coughs> just like, that's not really okay um, for m- just for my health. Like I have a child to take care of in a future that I'm trying to promote. So for the foreseeable time being, I haven't put a timestamp on it where it's like, okay, like I'm going to give it six months. I did this at the beginning of the year. Um, and it went okay. It went good for me. Like I kept to it. Uh, and then the summer came. I was actually like spring break came. I was like, uh, it was 11 weeks that I did it at the beginning of the year. Um, and that was good. Uh, but now it's just like, I'm not going to put a, I'm not going to put a timestamp on it. It's going to be, it's going to be for the foreseeable future. That's what I'm doing. Uh, 
until I feel in a good enough place to where I'm like, yeah, I can have this back in my home and and only drink it on Friday and Saturday nights or whatever. But, yeah. Um, yeah, and so that's something that if you're listening to this podcast and you want to pray for me about anything, you can definitely always pray for me about that one where it's just like, hey, um, hope Colton's doing okay with that and that kind of stuff. And it is tough some days where it's just like, man, I could really go for a beer. Um, that is usually when I decide not to drink. When I have that, when I have that, like, boy, I really need a drink, either alcohol, like beer or bourbon or scotch. I'm like, nope, then I'm not going to do it because it's probably not actually not the time to do it. So Yeah. And psycho I mean, when I, I met with a therapist once and I talked to him about it and he was like, yeah, like you just need to figure out what it is that you're drinking for. And I was like, well, I enjoy the taste, but it's like, you know, I also enjoy the taste of sweets but i don't have sweets every single night right so um that's that's just how it goes um before we get on to our next question are you out of beer i am out of beer What are we drinking? We're drinking uh, the Lucidity. Lucidity. West Coast IPA, 7.0% alcohol. 7.0, sorry. 7.7 on the dot. 7 on the dot. Silent Lucidity reminds me of... uh, Oh, shoot. Damn, it was a band. Queensryche. That's it. Uh, mm. Meh. Mm. Meh. It's got that Nelson hop flavor. Yep. Yes, it does. You are correct, sir. All right. Question number three. Oh, no, four. Sorry. How many we have? 50 till. <sighs> yeah. All right. What new skills did you learn this year? Fantasy soccer. Never hey, played hey, before, and I'm go. in first That's place. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> no, in, in all seriousness, uh, I believe that everybody should learn to to stretch their mind every single year. Try to learn something for anybody that listens to this podcast. I try to learn something new every year. Uh, it's good for your brain. Yeah. It's good for you. Um, I gotta keep moving forward and conquering little things. Yeah, conquer something. I was like, I don't care if it's just like you picked up a guitar and you learned like four chords and you were able to play every pop song that's ever been made. Uh, but as long as you learned how to do that, you know. Uh, thing I or skill I learned this year was how to head coach. Um, I've been learning that. I'm oh, that's a skill you'll be learning for the rest of your yeah, career. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I learned a lot this year, um, and I definitely have a long way to go. Uh, but had a lot of fun with it. Um, there's a lot of stress in my life because of it. Not like it was good stress, not bad stress. Um, so it wasn't like I mean it was something that would keep me awake at night, but it wasn't like it was. 
it was more of like the things that would keep me up awake at night is just like you know x's and o's for other people to understand kind of stuff plays how things could have gone better how to make things go better in practice all that kind of stuff so always fun always tough also you know a good skill for everybody to learn is how to shotgun a beer so yeah there you uh, go i was like if you're looking for an easy one next year for you to try to figure out okay number five what did you do for your career growth My career growth, my career growth is on hold right now, and that's all I can say. But well, yeah, but I'm. It's on hold because the limitations I have that I can't go into. But I'm sort of planning things that I can do down the road in about a year or so. So, um, yeah. It's good. I was like, I think for my career growth, it's always, you know, I think going to new schools is always, you're learning and you're growing every single time. You're taking stuff from other people and trying to adapt it to what you already know and that kind of stuff. You should never be in the teaching industry. You should never be stuck on your own. I think Tim remembered something else. Well, it's career growth. Hey, uh, I'm just, I'm I'm trying not to be so opaque with my answers to the listeners, and there's a reason for it. But I'll just, uh, I have a, I have been in the photography business, professional photography business. And by that, I mean, like, people who go out and photograph for magazines and newspapers and that kind of thing, pretty much my, most of my adult life. And when I got started in it, I worked with people who were at the peak of the business or worked alongside people who were peak of the business. And it was a very direct, there was, it was very direct and very uh, straightforward and sometimes callous in how you coached people up in their, in the profession. It was, it was very, there wasn't any soft edges. And a lot of it was because you're dealing with mostly males with working with males um and it takes a certain kind of guy person male or female to want to be in the photography business it's very cutthroat so i'm having to learn over the years to kind of soft accept that i'm very direct when i am working with people um my mentor used to say uh in his english accent firm but fair and I'm, I very much adapted my mentors firm but fair. And sometimes that comes across as mm, some might call it asshole. Um, and so I'm having to constantly work on putting the putting not softening the edges where I am uh, compromising the quality of the work because I will never compromise the quality of work, but do it in a way where. Uh, I'm maximizing the response I get out of the person. And so I'm, I'm having to like, when I coached football, I understood that I was dealing with different individuals. But you you get to know that when you're with kids all the time. You're like, okay, this kid works. This kid responds to being yelled at. 
this kid only responds to positive feedback. I don't interact with any of the photographers I deal with because we don't have an office. Everything's virtual. They're all spread around the country. I got people in Australia and all, all around the world. And so it's, I can't, it's hard for me to figure out what makes people tick. Right. Um, so I have to figure out the best way to communicate to everyone without, you know, offending those who are easily offended. Yeah, frankly, there's been people who've been easily offended. And I've just been like, then you're not cut out for this business. But, um, I've had, I've been going out of my way when I talk to some of our photographers lately of admitting that I have earned, earned, earned a reputation of being a bit direct. And most of them always laugh and say, yes, yes, we know, but we don't have to deal with the stupidity you have to deal with on a regular basis, but even then. So that's one of the things I I am trying to work on where I have more of a uh, a less, I wouldn't say toxic. It's just... Callous? Uh, no, just less direct. When I don't need to be so direct, I'm less direct. Because um, I am, I, I truly, it is out of the, the desire to make these, the, the people that work for me, um, not only just produce the best product for my p company, but just for them professionally become people, um, you know, my company's the, not the top dog in the photography space. There's b companies bigger than mine. And I take great pleasure in the fact that I've trained up 20 or 30 photographers who've gone on to work for places like the NHL and NBA and stuff like that because of the work I put in. So I, you know, I see the, the, my style works for some people, but that doesn't mean all the time that it works. And so I have to sometimes soften my edges. And so there's something. Good. Number six. What did you enjoy the most this year? San Diego Beer Marathon, clearly. Uh, what did I enjoy the most? Oh, that would be up there. I mean, if we're not, I've given that answer a couple. Of, that was that was pretty epic. Uh, I don't know. I my wife and I live a pretty quiet life. It's just us and a house. We haven't gone on a vacation in quite a long time, <laughs> partially because of COVID and then other circumstances that I always say I can't get into. Uh, I don't know. I'm not, look, I enjoy the times I'm with you doing this podcast. I enjoy Fridays when I'm with the same group of friends. I'm, I'm pretty low maintenance. Low maintenance. Yeah, I think it's the same thing for me. I enjoy, uh, yeah, San Diego Beer Marathon, uh, the beer pilgrimage up north to Santa Rosa. Um, yeah, absolutely. The NASCAR races, the... I was like, and even if we're like, oh, I enjoyed the fact yeah, that you like, had a baby. I did. It was great. That was wonderful. So yeah, I was like the. I was like even the, even the little, the littler, the <laughs> tinier stuff. Um, that maybe you're like, I feel like the San Diego beer marathon, the the Santa Rosa trip, the NASCAR ones. Those are the Instagram worthy moments. But, um, the things that get me through my week are, the Go to Hell podcast and friday afternoons having beers with the guys and i haven't gotten to have those in 
a few months. Um, and but even then, those are those are times that I cherish and things that I really enjoyed um, throughout this year that I'll continue to to want to partake in. Um, you know, and I I think those are one of those good things to reflect on. Where it's like think about the things that you enjoyed and and remember why you enjoyed them and make them a part of what you're doing next year. Right. You know, um, same kind of thing. Like, and that was kind of the sad part. If you would ask me this question last year, I think I would have honestly been honest with you. And I would have said, I really enjoyed fishing this last year. Cause last, last year in 2022 is what I'm talking about. I went fishing every weekend for like four or five straight months. Then got too hot. And I was like, I couldn't do it anymore. And then I fell off in the winter and then, that fall off has continued all throughout this year. I didn't go fishing once this year, and I was really upset about it. I mean, I obviously wasn't too upset to where I didn't get my butt up and, and go on a Saturday morning or whatever. Right. But um, I'm just like, man, I missed out this year. That was a lot of fun. Um, and so maybe that'll be something in our 2023 reflection I'll get back to. But anyways, uh, yeah. Good, a lot of fun. Uh, I fully agree. I, of course, like I said, I enjoyed the times. I enjoyed stuff with uh, the opportunity uh, that was presented with uh, my wife. I enjoyed going to Seattle this year. Um, you know, my wife got to hang out. We had our kid. Um, those are all good things. Um, but, I mean, these are all things that I enjoy. I don't, so. I don't live a life with a lot of highs and lows. Um. I mean, I had, I think, two people die this year that I was intimately involved with, but they were much older, and it was expected. Yeah. Um, you know, they were in their 80s, and so it wasn't unexpected. Um, but I also didn't have any, like, tremendous highs, so... Um, and that's kind of how I live my life. I'm not looking, I'm not looking for... Uh, big moments and you know when my wife and i do trips i'm not looking for three weeks in hawaii and you know those things are fine i'm not poo-pooing i'm just saying i just i don't really live my life that way so i'm looking for 18 breweries 48 hours that's what yeah, i'm looking for that, I'm, I'm, that's all i'm looking for <laughs> is uh where else where else can we find that many breweries portland let's go to portland uh i i uh <laughs> yeah I don't know. No, it's great. I fully agree. Uh, number seven. What was your favorite moment this year? Moment. Uh, you did say Jeff's wedding earlier. I just want to remind you, just in case that left your brains. No, that was the one I was saying. It was probably Jeff's wedding, because that wasn't that was nice. I mean, you guys were there. There were other friends that I we would we wanted to be there, but my son and daughter-in-law kept the wedding as it turns out too small they we could have invited more people but um as one who thinks weddings get way too out of control uh this was not one of them <laughs> this was not one of them but uh well we had a couple couple of nice weddings we had jeff and we had uh friend connor and that was a nice wedding so oh, that was a nice wedding. It's a nice nice year weddings so yeah, I think my favorite moment this year, I get to cheat again. I have the I have the daughter, so it's like it's easy peasy, it's easy pickings. Um, but I 100% I will remember this moment for the rest of my life. I guarantee it. Um, 
And it's not even like a good moment, if we're being honest. Like, it wasn't born out of anything good. Um, so we had been in the hospital. People are like, oh, it's the first time you held your daughter, right? And I'm like, no. Like, she kind of looked like an alien baby. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, anytime that – I hate it when people have, like, a baby that's just born, and then they go and tell somebody, they're like – Oh, it looks just like you, and I'm like, like a freak, like what? Yeah, like the head's all. <laughs> Is that pointy. what I look like? The head's you know? all pointy. And, yeah. <laughs> so I. Uh, you gotta see the baby. So two days, two days later is our, after she was born, it's it's our first night home with the the baby. And, pff, I don't know how many times we asked the nurse. We were like, hey, you gotta show us how to freaking swaddle. <laughs> and my wife had been up all night the night before with see so that's a gift for some people because jeff knows how to just knew how to swaddle without like and then it's impressive i uh, want my son-in-law knew just how to swaddle and so yeah but i'm like you i've been like well i one i can't make a fucking uh burrito so let alone swaddle a baby so yeah, so the, I was I was put too much too much fillings inside the burrito make so I ended up having a very large uh, flour tor- uh, flour taco. Well, and here let me t- <laughs> let me tell you about why the swaddle didn't work for us. Okay, so we get the baby home, baby's doing fine all day. It gets to eight o'clock, it's time to go to bed. We go to put her in bed, and we can't swaddle her because literally the what we were wrapping her in is what's called an afghan. And it's like three times the size of the blankets that they were using at. Who gave you the afghan? No, that's all that we had. That was all that we had. Oh, that's our... all you had. Yeah, so we just had a we just had so a shit ton of afghans. A, a like, that's all that people. No, it was all things that people had given us. So all that we had was just afghan after afghan after afghan, okay. and we were just like, okay, this is what we're supposed to wrap her in because they're like a blanket. Right. So we go and we're like, and we're tr- but there's so much extra cloth. That there's no way to get her tight. And Reese wanted like to be like as done. tight as possible. Yeah, that's what they want. They yeah. want to feel like they're back in mama's womb. Yep. And so she like blew her top for like <laughs> six straight hours. It gets to 2 a.m. And Audrey's like, I can't do anymore. She had, n- she had hardly gotten any sleep the night before. And I was like, all right, all right, I'll take her. And so I go and I and we go into her room and and we're like, we're I'm like working her legs because we were thinking that maybe her stomach was upset, but really actually it really just came down to the swaddle. And then I took her and I was like, I'm so tired, I'm so tired. I was like, all right, we're gonna go, and like you can't sleep with the baby, like that's like one of the rules or whatever, like you yeah. Can't, um, but like I said, I'll remember this moment for the rest of my life. I took her into the living room. It was like 2.30 in the morning, and she just slept on my chest. And that was the only way that we were able to get her to go. And right there, two days later, she finally found peace and fell asleep on my chest. And I fell asleep right there, and I was able to hold her there for, it was only for, I think, three hours was how much I got sleep. And the Manchester United game turned on, and <laughs> I was like, all right, we'll watch this. So, Welcome to Premiership Football, so one of my, Manchester United. One of my early memories of me and, <laughs> me and Reese is it's going to be she fell asleep on my chest, and then Dad turned on Manchester United versus Brighton, and they lost like 3-0. So <laughs> uh, heartbreak. But it, it, I, it was a good moment where – You lost uh, to the beach town. That's, that's just like losing to – 
It's like, it's like losing to, a Bournemouth like 3-0 like, like two weeks to, ago. That's like, that's like LA losing to Pismo. <laughs> so it was, um, it was, I don't know, that moment, I don't know what it was about the, those couple hours. I mean, it was just a really nice thing, a nice little moment for me and Reese. So um, it was good. Like I said, I'm not going to tell it at our wedding or anything, but I'll definitely remember it for the rest of my life. So. Um, I might have a few drinks of me and take the microphone. I remember talking to your father. I remember when your dad's team <laughs> lost 3-0 to Brighton. <laughs> well, I... Yeah, this is going to turn into like a five-hour podcast. But I, I, again, I think this is why it's sad. I, 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 look, if you're married and you haven't had kids, I don't want you to feel guilty about this. But just in terms of a big picture like society thing, this is why... It's not good for society for for young people not to have kids because it gives you, particularly as a Christian, because it gives you an idea of how Jesus sacrificed and how life is hard and you've got to sacrifice in order to nurture and care for the things that you really love. And so when we don't have that, again, it doesn't make you a horrible person if you decide that you want to be single your whole life or you're waiting to have children, but it does remove a large amount of selfishness to have a child and just be like okay it's not about me wanting to play video games or watch the manchester united game or get six hours of solid sleep for god's sake um so it's you know it really takes you out of the maybe more the douchey side that you are that you might be as a person so and we're all we all got our douchey side so Number eight, this one may be a little redundant, but I there may be some other things that you that you haven't disclosed yet. Number eight, how did you have fun this year? <laughs> well, there was a lot of fun this year. Uh, New Go Beer Marathon, Pliny the Younger. Uh, I did not go... My wife went on a trip to Oklahoma to see our youngest son. I didn't get to go on that one because of work issues. Uh... Did get to go on to four NASCAR races. Those are always fun. Um, got to go to a national championship game. I got to see TCU get smoked by Georgia. Um, oh, that's the reason why. Uh, that's the reason why uh, Florida State isn't in it. Oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're just like, oh, that title game last year didn't count, so therefore. Yeah, but they won. But they won the first game, so. Um, they're like fluke. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. I didn't have any like big trips or anything other than the the sports things that I talked about. Uh, my life's always a lot of fun. Oh, we had a big. Uh, this is second year in a row. We had a big July 4th party. First year we had the July 4th party. Tim didn't uh, Tim didn't start eating soon enough and got ahead of himself and did an Irish goodbye, I don't know, two, three hours in. This year I managed to hold myself. My wife did not. Um, no, no, no. She, no, I take that back. She did. Everybody managed to. My It was my daughter who didn't hold it together and... Uh, because she decided to drink a lot of this, uh, oh, not Barrel House. Triple IPA. 
Dust Bowl Fruit Punch Triple IPA, and it tastes like fruit punch, so it's trouble in a glass. But uh, so the the July Fourth parties turn into quite a regular soiree. Yeah, I can't wait for it again this year. The bummer part is that Eric Patterson is never there for it because he goes and works at track. Yeah, meet. he works at this uh, this track meet in Nevada. Um, so yeah, lots of lots of fun times. The birthday party a couple weeks ago was fun. Yeah, I've got a couple of misses from you. I mean, like uh, as far as things that were really fun for me this year, uh, I think. Um, uh, well, let me put one, one more in. Oh yeah, it was a lot of fun watching you guys. I didn't. I no. I, I saw you coach one game, and I saw. It was a lot of fun watching you and uh, Eric, friend of the show, coach water polo. So I get a lot. I get a kick out of seeing you guys do that. So, brings back memories of me coaching at that same age, and just seeing you guys, uh, do that. My son played water polo, so it's kind of a mix of both personal and. Uh, with myself and what my son did and just kind of getting used to the sport now after the last 10 years or so. So that was also fun. Well, apparently we're going to be doing it for a long time, so feel free to hop by anytime. Uh, before I go into mine, uh, we're having a double IPA from... Uh, actually, it's a collab from Crow and Wolf. All of our beers tonight have been Crow and Wolf, but uh, this one actually is with our soccer club, 1852... Which Colton's a member of. Ooh. I am a member. I have my member coin right here. He has his member coin. He's wearing his hat. I uh, I keep playing with this coin. This coin. Have you have you checked this? Thing? I've only seen it. Holy, this thing's heavy duty. <laughs> There's a coin where basically they play like nose goes. No, 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 no. This 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 <laughs> soccer club's great. They basically give everyone Alcoholics Anonymous coins in advance. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is so. <laughs> yes i'm colton i'm an alcoholic yes, i've right. been a member of 1852 this is my day, day two chip this is uh i've been <laughs> I, a member for for uh uh 23 days i was in there sunday monday tuesday uh this week uh oh, i was planning yeah. on going there yesterday but uh i'm uh so keep going i had to pick up something from uh I had to pick up something from Walmart, and uh, mm. I went, and I was like, oh, yeah, not everybody's on vacation. They still don't open till 4 o'clock, because I was planning on going at, like, 2 in the afternoon. <laughs> so I was like, dang it. Well, I'm not going to go back out again. So I was like, I'll just go get the groceries and then come home, I guess. Whatever. Bogus, man. I know. Anyways, what were you saying? You're not feeling This is the Double Barrel Gold. West Coast Double IPA coming in at nine percent alcohol. We've had it once. We had it at eighteen fifty two, the day not, they announced. Do you not like it? I'm not. I'm not feeling it. Oh, it's not terrible, but I like it significantly better than the last thing that we had. The last one was a Nelson. Hmm. It's not what I remember either, but to be fair, we only had tasters before, so. I don't know. I kind of like it, but it's not like. It's got a kick. I'm not going to write. I'm not going to write home about it, but. It's got a lot of flavor. I don't know if it's the alcohol or what. I don't know. I like it, so. 
I would order. I would order this. I would not order this over the unite and strengthen that is now currently on tap there. Uh, and the reason why I wouldn't do that is because there's something about 1852 and whatever they're doing in the brewing process that it screws me the hell over when I drink it. And, talk to before, so. <laughs> and this one's nine. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I was like, I think Unite and Strengthen, which there's cans of it in your fridge, are only 7%. So, <coughs> And those are the new the new batch. The new and improved batch. Uh, yeah, yeah, the new and improved United Strength, and I do think it, it improves on some of the flaws that United Strength and had before. I think United Strength and had kind of like this kind of weird, bitter aftertaste. There's kind of like a, a mouthfeel kind of thing from it. And like, so again, I always feel like pretentious when I say that stuff, but I, I, I when you keep drinking things like enough, you, you'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, like, that's what you're talking about. It's like there's something. Because if you were to drink it, don't – actually, we're going to get on a little tangent right now because I just bought a book about raising a child. Um, I bought two books actually. Um, but one of them is about – Dr. Salk's book on raising children. No, this one's uh, – well, I did get a Montessori book. Um, okay. But then the other one that I have is uh, – it's called Raising Bebe. Um, and it's – Like the singer Bebe? No, like uh, – <laughs> Like the French term for baby, and basically, but it's giving the idea if of it's like to be, you let it be, you let yes, it be. Yes, you're right, <laughs> BB. That's right. Uh, but the idea is, if you want to ask me what it like, my wife. <laughs> this is this is gonna seem so dumb, but I'm gonna say it because it's because you'll laugh about it. So, like, if you were to ask my wife, what keeps you up at night about Reese? My wife would probably have, like, a plethora sure. of Sure, because that's what moms do. But she'll be like, it'll be like, is she going to find the right husband? Is, like, you know. Oh, do- oh dear. Is she going to protect her Or as my, as my oldest granddaughter is saying now, oh, my. Is, is she going to protect, oh my. Her, her, protect her body? Is she going to be successful? Blah, 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 blah. You want to know what Colton thinks about Is she going to be a picky eater? Because I can't have that in my house. Like That's literally, I was like, our, I have a sister-in-law whose children only eat dino nuggies. Like that is the only thing. Oh, that's just bad parenting. I'm sorry. That's just bad parenting. That's not picky. That's not picky eaters. That's bad parenting. I am terrified that that's what's going to happen. And so, like, this raising baby is, like, so one of the things that they do is, like, the kid never has baby food. Oh. So, like, their kids, like, French children never have baby food. They they may get, like, regular food, like, pureed, like, at the very start. So, like, if they're having asparagus that night, okay, then we take a couple of asparagus heads and we puree it, and there you go. That's what you're having. Um, that removes, probably removes the sugar, which they get used to. Yeah. Or whatever. Right, Some kind of you, sugar derivative to make it uh, pudding-y or whatever. Uh. And so, but one of the things that it talks about is, so you sit there and you say, okay, like if a kid says, I don't like broccoli, 
and then you you correct them and you say okay you don't like steamed broccoli because that's what we had tonight we had steamed broccoli okay but let's talk about what you didn't like about it did you feel like it lacked flavor did you not like the texture um like try to get the kid to talk about the things that they don't like and then you're like okay so then okay so maybe we didn't like this version of broccoli but then let's go and try a different like maybe we roast it in the oven this time and this right. time we salt it with a different seasoning or whatever and then it's like oh i like this one and it's like okay why was and it's like oh it was crunchier or whatever um and you're like okay and then it's not about the kid doesn't like broccoli and automatically dismisses all broccoli from existence it's now about okay maybe i just don't like how some of this is prepared um or you know and therefore we can change that and so that's kind of one of the concepts that they talk about um in this book and so why i'm getting to that when it comes to the drinking beer is when i'm saying like when we say we don't like a particular beer what is it about the beer that we don't like and so that's what i'm saying is when it came to the the 1852 Unite and strengthen from before, there was kind of like this mouthfeel. There was like this kind of aftertaste where you're just like, mm. it was a little harsh. And so, therefore, I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, but I think that the new 1852 uh, Unite and strengthen is a lot better, where it's a lot smoother on that back. It's end. cleaner. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, again, like I said, I feel pretentious, mm. but I think that that's actually good for you should always evaluate what it is that you eat and drink, and you should say, why do you like this? And why do you not like this? Correct. Don't just sit there and be like, ah, it's not for me or whatever. It's like, think about why it's not for you. Like, of anything, if you don't like it or you think that that sounds pretentious, well, then you're just a picky drinker. So. It's funny. I don't dislike this. It's just not my favorite. Oh, also, that wasn't on you. That was more talking about the... No, I know. I, I know. Like, I was I, talking I about you. United Strength. I got you. I got you. <laughs> but it's funny. I taste... Uh, I'm not going to say it. It might ruin it for you. Grapefruit. No. Oh, well, that would be the thing that would ruin it. So. No, I taste I taste the Nelson hops in that. I think there is Nelson hops in it, but it's not So like, I'm tasting it. But I'm not getting, like, the hot Nelson hops, nor am I getting, like, the... I'm still getting like an IPA flavor from this as opposed to just a Nelson IPA flavor, which is what I felt like the last one was giving us. Where it just felt like the last one was just straight Nelson. We need to look up on the internet. Not tonight, but like, we, are, are people giving away Nelson hops bro, for we're gonna, free? No, you and me, we're going to do a tour with Will and we're going to like talk to him about this shit. Like, we're going to be like, tell us about this Nelson hops. Yeah, well, what's why the, the deal with Nelson hops? <laughs> why the hell is it in is, is everyone buying it for like... <laughs> yeah. Pennies on the dollars, like, oh, we can get Nelson hops for yeah, a, a talking, quarter of, of everything else. And I was talking with them last week, so I'm just like, golly. Um, so how did I have fun this year? A couple things that I think that uh, there was a, a lot of things that I had fun with this last year. Um, I feel like it didn't really necessarily – I had fun up until this part, but April was – well, no, February took off, so we, we did go to that NASCAR race, which Tim talked about. April, we had Andy's birthday party, which was fun. Uh, we had uh, our beer uh, pilgrimage up north. Um, uh, we went and we did uh, – I got to go to a Seattle Sounders game this summer. That was a lot of fun. I had three friends that got married. Uh, Jeff got married one weekend. I think the 
following weekend or the weekend before Caleb, my best, one of my best friends got married. I was one of the groomsmen in the wedding. Had to give a speech. It was fun. Um, uh, Connor got married, as Tim talked about. That was a lot of fun. Anytime that people get married, love to celebrate that stuff. Uh, I wish I would get invited to every wedding of all of my friends. I know that that's not possible. I'm not, like, putting that out there in the universe where it's like, all right, everybody's got to invite Colton or whatever. And I was like, I I understand as somebody who's been married before, I don't get offended when I don't get invited to them. But I have no problem crashing them. Eric Lawler got married this last year. had a blast there. One of my students was uh, the sister of the girl that was getting married to Eric. And he got to see me in a different light that night. I got super drunk and, like, had a great time. And what's such a bummer is, again, that was one of my Tulare Western students. And that kid, like, wanted to talk to me, like, every single day. (laughs) That kid was so quiet, like, the entire year. And then he saw me party, and he was like, Mr. Pierce is the shit. Like, I'm going to go talk to that guy. Is this Connor's wedding? No, is that Eric Waller's wedding? Oh, Eric Waller's wedding. No, I didn't go to that one. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so that that was really funny. I was like at Connor's wedding. I think we all just kind of hung out and got to talk about no, stuff. No, Connor's wedding. Fun. Connor's wedding was. I was blown away by how well his bride Angelina danced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She had. It didn't matter what music they played, although she had had a. That was. Oh, I'll have to mention that in a minute. It didn't matter what they played. She went out there and she knew what date. Like if you, if there was a music video for the song. She knew what this the dance was, and she could just nail it. And I was like, I did not know anything about this, about Angelina. Although to to see her, you wouldn't be su- surprised. She's I don't know, five foot nine. Oh, is she that tall? I think she's my height. She's she's tall for a decent height. Are you five nine? Five eight. She's five eight, five nine. Are you five eight? I'm pushing five eight. <laughs> She's not 5'4", <laughs> but she's, anyway, <laughs> fuck you, just going out. Are you really 5'8"? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> uh, she did not want the country music. She did not want the country music. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was just like, man, I'm really off. <laughs> Anyways. Number nine. Did you start any new habits this year? No. No? I I developed one, and you can actually say it's not a good <laughs> habit, but um, I started smoking this year. <laughs> Not cigarettes for anybody that's listening. Uh, I smoked a, I smoked a pipe and not, not religiously or, uh, I it was originally I was gonna do it like once a month, um, and then, and then like that gets away from me. Like I don't ever keep track of whenever it is that I go for a smoke. So, um, and I only smoke around friends. That's, that's something that I keep to a social occasion. Although it is a goal of mine. It probably won't happen this year. My wife will probably want all kids out of the house before I do it, but sometime before I do it. You have a wraparound porch. What, what, what's the big deal? I don't have a wraparound porch. I do have a really nice front porch, though. Um, uh, she says that she can smell it when it, when you smoke outside the house. So That's psychological, but, all right, but still, that's fine. Um, 
I, but I would love to. But one of my things is I want to listen to. I I, I, can, I don't think I could read it as I'm going. Through, well, maybe I could read it as I'm going through it, but just a little less focus involved with it. But I'd love to just. I've got a, I've got a Gandalf pipe, and I would love to just sit there and read The Hobbit, or have somebody read The Hobbit to me, or have the audiobook read The Hobbit to me while I'm sitting out on my front porch. It is 100% a Gandalf pipe. Smoking my pipe. Yeah, it's awesome. It's phenomenal. Um, uh, I bought it at Andy's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> surprise birthday party. And I put express shipping on that shit. My parents like sent me like birthday money because uh, I don't know if Andy and I share the same birthday or we just had a birth. He just had a <coughs> birthday party on the same day as my birthday. So I was like, all right, I'm going to send myself this right now. <laughs> so uh, it was great. So no new habits for you. No, I don't think so. Okay, we're going to get into the next question about how well, Other than that, Tim's going to think. Pick the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. But that's, <laughs> that's a great one. <laughs> great line. Uh, number 10. What are you the most proud of this year? Jeez. Oh, uh, I don't know. I didn't think about that. I can go while you're going, or while you're thinking. I think that uh, if we were to talk about my daughter, I feel like it would be a disservice to my wife of what I'm proud of that I've accomplished this year. Because um, if we're being honest, like my wife has done 99% of the work. Like you know, like she carried the baby for for all those for nine straight months. Um, the baby was born, and she's taken care of her for the last three months. Um, where 2023 was the year of my wife taking care of the baby um, in whatever way or facet. And so um, I don't feel like that work has been accomplished by me. Like, again, my daughter, I've taken care of her. Like, I've changed diapers. I've, I've, you know, gotten up with her in the middle of the night. I've done, you know, whatever. But my wife has definitely done 99% of the work when it comes to her. And so... If you're expecting me to sit there and say, I'm proud of what I've accomplished with my daughter this year, I'd feel like that'd be a huge disservice to my wife and just feel like I'm taking the credit for it. What I am proud of this year, my proudest thing this year is definitely my head coaching as far as what I've worked for and tried to achieve. Um, uh, I'm proud of the work that I've been putting in with, uh, with my team. Um, and I think with high school sports, you know, there's there's an idea that things only go for the three months that they're in the sport and then they're out or you, you constantly have to be training them or whatever um, where they're playing the sport. I've been been very adamant about, about working with my captains um, outside of the sport now, my captains for next year. Um, I almost got shot walking on to... Uh, one of my captain's properties the other day. <laughs> it was literally Friday, and I was going to drop off uh, Coach K's uh, coaching book, which Tim gave me a month ago, and I I, I finished reading, and uh, I decided I was going to pick it up for all my captains. Um, I think there's good stuff for coaching in there, but I think that there's also good stuff for leadership in there. Um, and so I bought one for each of my captains, and... Um, and one of my captains just didn't happen to be at school the day that I was giving him out, so I went and did a house visit and uh, 
his dad said that he was he was strongly considering going and getting for his gun because apparently he can't see and had no idea who I was. <laughs> he lives out in the middle of the country and like I get it. Like I was walking like up to their property and I was like talking to the dog or whatever. Meth um, capital of the world. Yeah, Porterville uh, is not. Porterville has. I I don't even know if it's a meth capital as much as a heroin capital. There's a lot going on there. Um, so. Uh, I get it. I'm not, and I was like, I'm not a tweaker. <laughs> like, you know, uh, and so eventually dad was like, oh, it's Pierce. Um, and we were able to, I was able to see the kids and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but good stuff. So, uh, I'm very proud of the work that I've been putting in with my water polo team. I think that things are going to be, if, if we are a team that loses, Again, this is also something that Coach K talks about where winning is not necessarily one of your goals for the year. Because if, if it's always winning, then you're always going to be a loser. Um, it's really about growing and developing these kids to be to be leaders and, and strong, good men. And, and that's the ultimate focus. And so um, I can be proud of any work that I do in that area. So I'm really proud of what's been going on recently so yeah. uh, it's funny you say that because you asked me and i took a pass and i meant it and then before i knew where you're going with your answer it, it popped in my mind the books that i gave you and eric and connor which were the coach k books so um i'd read those that book uh several many years ago and forgotten about it i'm somebody who likes to read books on bi- building culture and mission and vision and I think whatever organization it is, whether it be a sports team or a business or a nonprofit or a church, you've got to set what your 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 mission is, your vision, and then everything that you do, you you judge what your decisions are based on what that is. And if you're you're off, then doesn't mean your choices are correct. It might mean you need to change your mission and vision, but something's not in alignment, and it means people are going to be confused, whether it be the board that is in charge of the church or the pastor or the staff or whatever, um, or the business owner and his management team, everybody's going to be on the same page and you, you judge success based on those goals. And so I had, I'd been watching this show called the bear that's on FX and it's about this guy trying to transform his family restaurant into a Michelin star restaurant where he'd had a Michelin star restaurant in New York. And in the course of the show, he's taking all these people who just know basically how to run a sandwich shop and turn them into people who can work at a Michelin star restaurant. And he's sending them off to do all this training. And the person that he wants to be in charge of the kitchen, he gives the Coach K book because he knows she's good as an individual. She just doesn't know how to manage people and understand people. And she gets frustrated by people. And she keeps referencing this book in one or two of the episodes and everybody else of course in the show most of the males are all like oh yeah coach k i know who coach k is and she's frustrated because she doesn't know anything about college basketball so that reminded me of that book and then uh as you mentioned you're coaching eric's coaching connor's coaching with with eric she doesn't know anything about college basketball but literally no offense but that's all coach k talked about like the entire book which is good like i'm and i don't know why i'm saying no offense to you but i mean like 
I understood every reference that he talked about. Like I've seen those games and replays and all that kind of stuff. So well, that's I why know, you can, I know all those players. You and can all that tell kind of she's stuff, frustrated so. as she as she's reading the book. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But I think when she finishes the book, by the time she finishes the book, she understands why. It's, but yeah, she's just like, why am I been given this book by? The kid whose nickname is the bear. Why did the bear? Why did bear give me this book? It's a waste of my time. I don't know anything about Coach K, and she's frustrated. Everybody else does. So, uh, that, I was reminded of that book, and you, you know, you've been coaching. You and Eric and Connor have been coaching a couple years, and I just remember when I was your age coaching, it was always easy to. There was always resources, or you were as good as what you had been coached by your your high school coach of the X's and O's, or if you'd have the ability to coach, uh, play at college, you knew the X's and O's, but no one ever teaches you how to run a program. Right. And programs are the things to sustain for 10, 15, 20 years. And when, and where you, if the, the teams that you see, if you're at a high school level that are like winning every year and you're like, how do they keep getting winning every year? How do they keep having it? The assumption is always they're great talent is gravitating there and what people don't know behind the scenes is no this coach has set a tone he set a culture and to which talent is gravitating there talent but, is gravitating but why but also the drama that detracts from teams are figuring out like i'm not going to play there because he's a hard ass and i don't want to deal with the hard all the guys that end up being a problem don't go there um, and parents who do want their kids to play for someone who does expect more of them and build culture, whether they, they like explicitly know it or don't, you have to build those things. You have to do it very systematically by b- being willing to send kids home and say, you're not welcome on this team anymore and lose games for one season. And as you and I have discussed, you have to have an athletic director and administration that says, yeah, we're okay losing for a while if it means winning or just that kids and parents feel like their their kids have learned something after they play with you. So um, I just figured that book would be helpful. And I have to tell you, it was, you know, you guys you guys are readers. You're not not readers. I wouldn't give you the book if you if I knew you didn't read. But still, it just because I gave you a book didn't mean like okay, yeah, I'm gonna read this. So it was rewarding to hear both you and Eric having talked to Eric, and I, I haven't talked to Connor, but I assume Connor has too. Just reading it and digesting it, and being like, okay, this, this there's some good stuff here. So yeah, hundred percent, I've enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, my gears are turning and all that kind of stuff. So the thing that animates in me in my life is building things. I'm always so, and I've got a business that's been around for twenty years. But I'm constantly trying to build within the business. I'm not animated by managing. I'm not a manager. I'm frankly not, which I already just talked about. I'm, if you want me to manage, I'm a bit of a dick. What I'm looking for is to build and build and build. And so how we're, we're this good today, how can we be better? And I'm not at all some John Carnegie, don't get me wrong, I'm not some whiz kid about it. But that is the thing that animates me of, all right, we're comfortable. How do we tear this down and make everyone uncomfortable? Um, which is why, on another note, why I think I enjoy the pastor at our church at Neighborhood because he's the same kind of way of like, all right, everyone's getting comfortable at church. Let's tear it down and make everyone feel uncomfortable because that resonates with me of just like no one should ever feel un- un- no no one should ever feel comfortable if we're out changing things. Change doesn't come about by being comfortable. 
All right, we're an hour and 43 minutes in. Okay. I'm just letting you know. Oh, okay. Um, are you wanting to stop? No, I'm just oh, letting you know. Okay. Uh, number 11. 50 questions and over 11. Yeah. Uh, what did you learn about yourself? That's a hard question at 50. Well, okay. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 50. Oh, well, wait a 50 minute. Blah, wait blah, a blah, minute. Blah. You should say the 50 blah, blah, blah. But you also got to say, like, you got to find something that you learned about yourself. So that way you can sit there and say, you never stop growing. You never stop No, growing. that's true. There's never things that you should never not learn about yourself. What beer are we drinking next? Grab those mirror ponds from Deschutes, the bottles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see those. Did I learn? This will be our first full beer. Beer number four or beer number and a half. This is beer five, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, this is Deschutes Brewery Mirror Pond Pale Ale, which I have not seen in a long time. And I'm, I was actually great. I was ecstatic I found it. It was at a Circle K nearby. The one over by Target. Um, yeah, that was the only thing they decent they had. Uh, Deschutes out of Portland, Oregon. I've actually been at the Deschutes Brewery in Portland. It's fantastic. It's phenomenal. It's everything great you can say, whatever pejorative you want to use. It's phenomenal. Uh, the food's great there, and Deschutes makes really good beer. We used to get a lot of Deschutes in our area, and then as local breweries here grew up and san diego breweries got bigger they kind of got crowded out of the market i think um so it's a bit harder to find deschutes in general but this is the first time in i can't remember when since i've seen mirapon which is their what is it tim it's their pale ale it's not an ipa it's a pale ale and it is at a five percent alcohol 40 40 ibu and uh yeah, I was really happy I saw it today. I'll probably buy some more because it's low alcohol and, uh, well, relatively. And uh, we tr I haven't had it in quite a long time, so let me see how it tastes. It might be disappointing. Oh. Interesting. It's light. It's very light. It's almost sweet. Interesting. It's actually not my favorite pale ale. If I put stack that against the the stone USC, <laughs> it doesn't come anywhere close. Uh, nowhere close. Nowhere close. It's kind of it's kind of skunky. Hmm. Well. 
All right. Well, cheers to you, though, Deschutes, even though we don't get you very much anymore. Flagship of Portland. Hmm. Well, it does say freshest within four months, and we are drinking it just within the four months. Uh, all right, so... What did you learn about yourself? Oh, I would say you know, we've mostly focused on personal and professional. I would say that what I've most learned about myself is I'm still evolving from my in my faith and how my faith informs my politics. So I'm constantly surprising myself on issues that I would normally be like, yes, I'm all for this and I'm all for that. I'm I'm still surprising myself on how I'm evolving and becoming softer <laughs> in life. And I don't mean that I don't mean that well, it is some might could take it as a negative way. It's just like I'm I'm becoming I just, the things that we get upset about and want to fight about, and I mean both big picture and small picture, like, I just, why are we fighting about these things? I don't, I don't get it. And it's not to say that people who, all right, so the, the issues that we've talked about on this show for the last, for this year, Ukraine and recently Israel, if you support Ukraine and you support Israel. I'm not saying you're a bad Christian because of that. I'm just saying I just don't. When I look at Jesus, I just don't really care. I just not one of those things that I think I, I get it. Innocent people are dying because of the actions of this bad entity or that bad entity. But I don't see what's being solved. I don't know. It, I'm I'm continually evolving. I wouldn't say I'm obviously because I'm bumbling and mumbling and not being coherent. It's not, I haven't settled on a clear position, but I think it's actually what Jesus wants to be more of. It's less emphatic about what we think and more of, I don't know, I weep for what's going on. So I, I would say that. I... Agree with everything you said. I think that's something that I learned this year is, I mean, the the Ukraine situation is is over a year, um, and we've talked about it several times. Um, they're really understanding that, yeah, there's, um, it's not about becoming soft, but just the things that once cared about so deeply, and I think it was kind of put to the test this year where, um, and... I mean, it, it was kind of first put to the test with the Ukraine-Russia um, situation. I remember, again, I was sitting there and I was like, um, that's Cold War shit, right? Like, that's, it's, it's this country versus, versus USSR, you know? Like, this democracy versus cap, uh, not capitalism, communism, um, and that's just not how I view it. Um, the history books and the teaching growing up would say that that's a completely different, but that's not what it is. And in a similar way, that's what we're looking at with uh, this is the terrorist versus Israel. Um, and really just taking a step back and just saying people are dying 
and that's breaking God's heart every single day. Did you know the Israelis bombed a Christian church this week that was started by Mother Teresa that had a bunch of disabled people in it? Well, there were tunnels underneath it, probably, is what they said. I'm sure there was some excuse for it, but, uh, and it just, I, yeah, I, I don't mind people having different opinions. What I mind, and this is where X, in particular, Twitter is a, is a basket case, but also cable news and all that kind of stuff. It's the, you don't agree with me, and therefore I'm going to accuse you of being something, some kind of word that ends in it or ist or ism or something. And so therefore you're deplorable, and you're so deplorable that whatever your opinion is doesn't matter. And I'm just so over that. It's just, it's not... And, and what I'm trying to balance is the same verse that I think I try to challenge other believers on, on things that, you know, that they, they believe, that they think important, like gay marriage, homosexuality, LBGTQ, abortion, where Paul says, why do you hold the pagan to the same, to the same standard? They don't believe so why are you holding the same standard? Right. And so where I have to challenge myself even in that is why are you don't judge people who don't believe in Jesus who are picking sides and saying you're out you're either a traitor or you're not to whatever side you think that they're being a traitor to and that's the hard part but I think well one the hard part is don't allow yourself to judge those folks. But I think what Jesus still wants us to be to do is say is stay above the fray and be willing to be peacemakers when peace <laughs> is available. And that's the difficult part. I think you know a lot of times the church gets it, itself into trouble because it wants to be peacemakers. Peace can only happen when people are willing to be willing to be um, amicable to peace. Um, but we have to be vocal about it that we're going to be peacemakers when someone's willing to do it. And I just, too many times, I don't judge the non-believer, particularly very adamant Jews who are who have their view against Hamas. I, I expect, I understand that. They're not, one, they're not right. Christians. And two, they probably literally know someone first, second, third hand who was killed or abused on October 7th. And so I understand that view. Um, but we have to stay above that fray and not judge them, but also not get in the fray and judge the Palestinians and just say, when peace is available, we'll be there to broker peace. And I don't see a lot of that on the Christian side. Christians want to jump in the fray and make it their fight when we are not to be Jew or Gentile. We are not to be Jew or Palestinian. We are not to be Christian. We are not to be non-Christian. We're not to be male or female, black or white. We're not supposed to be any of those things. We're supposed to be human first. And we're just not doing that. And so that's where I am not happy. And so, but I continue to <laughs> be amazed. And I think amazed some of my friends are like, who are you? Where did this person come from? And I'm not trying to act like I'm morally superior to anybody. I, I'm not. I don't. 
but by the grace of God go I. I don't I don't know that what I'm believing is any better. I, but I feel like that's what I'm being called to. And I actually like that you said that because it's going to segue perfectly into our 12th question, which is how did you live by your core values? Mm. I think it did pretty well. I just talked about the, like the more intellectual things, but then my wife and I have participated in like actual, the charities that we belong to where we believe like we're blessed. And so it's our job to use the money that we've been, that we didn't deserve to help those in not only here in, well, not only overseas in places like Africa and Haiti and Guatemala, but also here in Tulare and not judge those folks wherever they're at for what their situation is, but just to love on them. And the easiest way to do that is one with money, but also with time and just understand that they're different. Um, my wife just had a Christmas party with the homeless group that she's with, that she works with, that she's on the board with. And they had, uh, they had a couple trans people there and God bless. I did not talk to them, not because I didn't want to, it was because there were people there. I'm not a very good, I'm not very good at talking to people I don't know. And if there's somebody I see that I haven't talked to, that I get to talk to once or twice a year, I love talking to them. And so there was a couple males there that, um. I had not had a chance to talk to for a while, so I was talking to them. But my wife went out of her way to, uh, and so this doesn't really answer the question. My wife did this. I didn't do this. But she went out of her way to talk to these individuals and say, what's your name and how do you identify and all that. And it wasn't like she's at the zoo and like, ooh, I've met a trans person. It was just trying to be go out of her way to be like, all right, I'm going to treat you like a human. How do you want to be called? I don't understand why you're this way. But I'm going to, I'm going to interact with you at the level that you want to be inter interacted with. And so that was kind of a cool moment. So that's kind of the way, um, so there's that. And then the thing that I keep alluding to that I can't talk about, which is always challenging, but I, I live by a policy of bestowing grace on those that <laughs> don't deserve it where there's an abound abundance of grace which jesus gave us when he died on the cross and so i'm constantly challenged to give that this nemesis uh an abundance of grace but i uh yeah i think for me when it comes to my core value uh core values i i don't know i I think practicing what you preach can sometimes be hard in my occupation. I love, and not, and that's not to make an excuse. Well, I mean, you, everybody could probably sit there and say that this sounds like an excuse, but I love working with high schoolers. I really do. Um, and I work with them Monday through Friday, and I show them lots of love. But if you're sitting there and trying to ask me to show them love 
and our high school ministry on a Sunday morning. <laughs> it is like that much harder um, to <laughs> to do that during that time. It is um, <laughs> it is tough. I I do love them. I really do. Um, and my core values are again loving other people and, and making sure that other people are cared for um, that kind of stuff I just am like dang that's a tough one on a Sunday morning <laughs> when it's my weekend uh, which that's how it is for a lot of you out there um, and I don't know so I don't know if I necessarily stuck to my core values this year. I'm not helping out on Wednesday nights or or Sunday mornings. And so that could be something where it's like, ah, I probably could have done better with that this year. But I'm just, <laughs> I was like, especially after water flow season where it's like I'm working 12, 13 hour days. Uh, um, and you're just like, man, I really need my Saturdays and Sundays to myself. Um I, I think being a high school, well, school teacher to begin with, but high school in particular, I, I think that's as uh, about as, <coughs> sorry, as close to being trying to love on Jesus, uh, love on people as Jesus would as it is for anybody. Because, you know, pastors are generally dealing with other Christians, let's be honest. Whereas... You're dealing with having to love on kids, which is another way of saying, you know, being forgiving in terms of, you know, them failing to live up with either rules of the world, like very worldly rules, like, you know, the, the, the grades they get to their to non-worldly things like just being a good citizen within the classroom and not right. being a dick. And I, And where I think we struggle is... We assume that when Jesus, just to use one of the stories in the New Testament, is when Jesus comes across the prostitute at the well, you know, he, it's, I think it's a fair assumption, but we assume that when he, when he forgives her and sends her off, she's now done with the lifestyle that she's been committing. She's no longer wants to be the prostitute. Yeah. But we, but to be fair, that's an assumption we build into that. Yeah, yeah. And I think from a from your perspective, it's you're trying. Yes, you want to love on these kids, and you want to be a dick, and you don't want to, you know, just be like another dictator in their lifestyle of uh, in their life of just like you've got to live by these rules, and if you're not, but also. Yeah, look, you can't just keep continue to be a jackass, and I'm gonna love on you and for, and act like nothing's a problem. And so I think it's like one of the true tests of for Christians outside of their that frankly outside of their own home of raising their own kids are just like, yeah, I love you and I for, and I forgive you, but at some point. The behavior's also got to stop. It's, you can't just keep doing the same things you're doing. I'm going to be like, oh, I love you, and just keep, and I mean, well, I mean, we don't actually infer. Jesus says, go and sin no more. So it's very clear. He's like, okay, 
don't continue to go off and do what you've been doing. And so that's the hard part. Yeah. But we're granted the, the counter to that is we're not Jesus. So we don't know what the heart's kid is. And so you can't just like know whether or not the kid's going to continue to screw up and you got it. So in, 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 in that sense, you're more like the, the prodigal son father where you're just like, I'm going to be here and I'm going to keep putting up with the nonsense until you wise up. And again, for you as a high school teacher, it might mean that the kid never wises up, but that kid might show up like 10, 15 years from now and you run into him and be like, you know what? You were the one person in my life who never gave up on me. Even though I kept screwing up and screwing up and screwing up. And now I have, now I'm on my own. I got a wife. I got a kid. I'm working at the local, whatever. Like, it doesn't mean like he's got some amazing life. It's just, well, you were the one who never gave up on me. Yeah. And that's the hard part. And just, and and I think that puts, <coughs> that certainly puts it to the test. Well, question 13, how did your relationships evolve this year? That could be with family, friends, or work relationships. Well, I shared a one-bedroom apartment with three other dudes for the San Diego Beer Marathon. So that... <laughs> Tim's trying to relate every question. To the I, had, I, had, I, I, I experienced Chinese water torture on that, so <laughs> I grew immensely on that, on that trip. Oh, that was so great. <laughs> That line that you said, it was so funny. I was like, guys, there's a dripping noise. And you're like, yeah, I've been being Chinese water tortured all night. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I was hungover as shit. And I didn't get rats out of that. I didn't get my Chinese water tortured, but it sounded hilarious at the moment. Well, I, it, okay, so that's my flippant answer. I, that, was, that was a nice bonding trip, though. 100%. And then my other, and then if you want me to be really we serious, that Colton shows up late to every fucking conversation that every absolutely that ever happens. absolutely Conver <laughs> Colton's late to every conversation. Uh, and then if you want to get really deep, I already answered that with the books that I gave you guys. So yeah, where I was not a good friend apparently was at one of the parties we had this year. Uh, Andy's wife, whose name I won't mention, was there, and apparently I did not acknowledge her. By my mistake, and it late led to a very, uh, I got in a lot of trouble for it because I didn't acknowledge her presence and say hello. And the reason why I bring this up was I was re I am rewatching uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm right now, and apparently uh, Larry David does it in one of his episodes. So I, I texted our friend Andy and said, I blame Larry David. I learned that from Larry David because he met a couple and only acknowledged the male and didn't acknowledge the female so well if you've never <laughs> met tim before tim has a little bit of rbf um and so uh so if he doesn't say hello to you it seems like he's mad at you um because when he gets to talking with you he gets really excited and animated this is very stuff. true but if he does if he isn't talking to you that's why i would if if we're being honest as to uh, why Tim did not feel approachable before because we had been haunting the same haunts for quite some time uh, is that Tim is slightly intimidating in that the fact that 
if you don't know him, you don't know that he gets very animated yeah, no. and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. He, seems, he does. He and to his credit, to which he talked about earlier, where he's like, "I'm very direct," and yes, he is very direct, and that's how he'll he will be for all time. And so, if you don't, if you don't understand how to take him or anything like that, you'll be like, "It can be." I am inti- the gen- I am the Gentile Larry David. He can be intimidating <laughs> to go up and talk to, and so therefore, I understand where Andy's wife is coming from in this situation. Where I'm not saying that. Oh, was a, it, he had to call me and tell me like apparently you didn't, and I was like, oh no, I, like I felt so bad. I was like, oh, yep. Yeah, and which is funny because if you know Tim, like Tim wants anybody to approach him. He's like, I don't care. No, but like, it was a major faux pas on my part. It was so. It was so yeah, stupid. and he'll blame himself for it. Like again, that's where it's like, I was like, if, oh, but if yes, run across one hundred percent RBF. I had people at church the previous church we were at all the time like why are you so serious i don't know it's my face it's the face it's the face god gave me <laughs> but what's funny is like i see you smiling all the time i don't know i'm not intimidated by that shit anymore that's because we're drinking beer <laughs> at church it's all fuck you all <laughs> uh how did your relationships uh evolve this year again i can't say enough about this podcast and how much it has helped um with uh my relationships with uh tim this year um no i and i mean i just want to say thank you so much for everything this year for opening up your home and i think i've said this before but i cannot i cannot stress enough how much this year has i feel like this year in particular i don't know if the san diego trip would have happened if it wasn't for our if it wasn't for the podcast i don't that's true I was like, I think that you and I have evolved as friends so much more than I could have ever hoped. And 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 you are 25 years older than me? Yeah, somewhere around there, yeah. I'm 28, I don't... Yeah, there you go. You're uh, 50, blah, blah, blah. 25 is <laughs> close. Uh... And so from that, I don't view intimidated. I feel welcomed into your home. I feel like we are peers and then we can have a good discussion every single time. And I felt that last year. But I think that this year I really took stock and really was appreciative to where it's not I've got this 50 some odd friend who you know sees life from a different perspective or anything like that it's like no i've got a i've got a best friend who's who's amazing and so this year like 100 percent, i think that that it's been phenomenal just having these conversations every single week and and growing and developing and where you have taken care of me and my family and and you know i came to you i talked about it where my parents had moved away and and i I came here first after, you know, all the stuff that happened at the beginning of the year. And I was like, hey, uh, and what, you guys were like on your like fourth COVID trip at that point. And I was like, and I was like, I don't care. I got to talk to somebody about this shit. And I came to your house and I had like told you and you and your wife were sick as a dog. And you guys were like, God, that's fucked up. Yeah. You know? And, and I was like, yeah, it is. Um, and those things mean a lot to me, and I remember those, and, and I'll cherish those moments for forever. And so I think that our relationship has evolved this year, um, just more uh, 
just more through that process and it's been awesome i i highly highly value what's what's happened this year um i i I totally agree look we're at a i'm at a place in my life where i have uh i we have mutual friends that are basically my age but because where their kids are at their kids are like ending high school or going off to college and so they're busy all the time um i have other friends who are maybe in between you and me and their kids are hitting like elementary school and I've got other friends that are 10 years older than me and they've got grandkids. And so it's kind of funny. The people that I have that who are most available for me to hang out with and you become a little less with, with Reese being born, but you're still more available. The people I, I have who are most available for me to hang out with are you and Eric and these other people who are late twenties. I don't think anything of it. And part of it's because I'm an idiot. I don't think about my age. Like I'm lately, I've been shocked quite. Yeah, if you don't, if you didn't hear the San Diego uh, marathon yeah. trip and you haven't listened to that, think about a fifty blah 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 year old <laughs> going and doing that shit. Meanwhile, he's out drinking the twenty eight year old sitting there that are like, oh, I'm all over his yeah. shit. And, NFL, <laughs> and quite seriously, an NFL player died like uh, the last what was it, last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, former uh, tight end for the Titans, and I remember when he was playing, and, and I was like, he's my age. Damn, I, I had no idea like he was my, there's a lot of people who are my age that are either like retiring from jobs or they're dying because of strange people, you know, strange deaths that are happening yeah, to it's people. Yeah, but for your age. And I'm like, I, I have to remind myself that I'm that old. I don't, I, and I've always been this way. When I, look, when I was in, let's say when I was 25, and the guy, Frank Wycheck was the guy I'm talking about. When Frank Wycheck died, he would have been literally my age in 1999 when he made a name for himself playing for the Titans. Right, and that's a fucking I thing. had no, it would have not occurred to me in a million years that he was my age. I would have been like, yeah, Frank Wycheck is five, ten years older than me. So I've just always been oblivious to age. And now it's coming back the other way where I'm like, oh, yeah. So I, that's not to say that like I'm starting to feel old. I don't. I feel I'm going to be one of those guys who's 80 years old, like dressing not like he's 80 years old and hanging around with you guys and maybe even 20 years younger than that because that's just – it's not my job to be hanging out with other 80-year-olds complaining about how – Getting the, fucking hammered in San Diego, baby. Yes. <laughs> It's not my it's not my calling in the world to be hanging out with people my age, and I'm not saying people my age do this, but it often happens. Being six fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty years old and bitching about how fucked up the world's become because of all of it. I don't I that's not I don't care about that. And we've been very open on this show about how we've tried to maintain inter intergenerational relationships and so, you know, it just happens to be at a time now where even with you having the baby, I'm spending most of my time hanging out with you and our mutual friend Eric is probably most of the time we spend. If Nolan was still living here in California, I'd be spending most of my time with him as well. And it's not because I'm not really good friends with our with super listener Andy or uh, some of the other people that are in our friend's orbits because they have a life and it doesn't 
you know, they have responsibilities in life where their kids are getting ready to go off and conquer the world. And I completely get it. But I enjoy every second I have with you guys of being either just a peer, even though I'm 20 years, 15 years old, whatever many years older. You know, I don't look at you guys as your nickname is youngins within everyone so everyone quickly knows who i'm who i'm talking about if i'm talking to my wife or uh, andy or they know who i'm talking about but you know this as much as i do it's not meant as a well you guys took it as it when we first used it which was completely understandable it was it was viewed as a pejorative when we first used it i feel like i don't know I feel like you've been listening to a little too much to Nolan on that one. I was like, okay, I don't give two shits about you calling me youngins. I was like, we called you guys the fucking oldies. I don't know what you want. Okay, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. But I don't, you know, you're a peer to me. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And you know, that's the, that's just the way I've always been. Um, somebody who's twenty years older, I don't care if you're twenty years older. It doesn't mean I have to sit there and like worship down at the altar of oh, you're twenty years older and you know the world more than I do. If you have something that I f- find is uh, wisdom that I haven't earned yet, then I'll listen to you. But being older isn't the sign of wisdom, and being younger, by the same token, because a lot of in a lot of people these days view being younger as some like virtue of like oh, I'm better than you because I don't believe in the evil world that you grew up in bullshit no but you've got something to teach me and a different lens to view the world through and so um it's very much a peer thing and so yeah number 14 (laughs) oh sorry did i cut that too quick no what do you have 50 we're at two hours and 15 minutes keep going Keep going. I was like, we're going to cut it? Where we're going to cut it? I mean, we don't have to get through all 50 questions tonight. All right, number 14. What was the best decision you took this year? Oh, going on that San Diego marathon. <laughs> Hold up. Hold up. Wait a minute. I want to see if there's a different one that I'm like, no, I, okay. Okay, so the reason why we keep referencing this is that this was much more of a, a whimsical like it was kind of this spontaneous like trip that we took more than our beer trip that we usually take. you know what that beer trip was that was our canterbury tales yeah it was a modern canterbury tales we could we i could take that movie i'm chaucer i, I could t- i could yeah, take okay. that weekend and quickly turn it into a movie that could get sold in a minute if i was still living in la and new people that had all the elements of a great weekend and we could embellish on certain things to sell it but it was a great weekend it was awesome and i can't wait to have it again next year (laughs) i agree i think that was the best decision that i made this year was i don't know if it was financially right for three of the four of us uh like we said tim was going through some stuff at work um i i was not necessarily wondering where my next paycheck was coming from but actually so the job that i was previously at at western had paid me my both of my paychecks at once so i kind of was in a spot where i was like i should really be saving money because i'm not getting a paycheck in august 
Um, and then our buddy uh, Nolan was living in Texas, and he thought he called me and he was like, "So is this like your last hurrah before like you have a kid or whatever?" And I was like, "No, I plan on still having plenty of hurrahs <laughs> <laughs> with the kid." And he was like, "Okay, well, I'm kind of like buying a ticket, and it's gonna cost me like a thousand dollars to get like." round trip tickets right Damn. now to do uh this and all that kind of stuff and i was like yeah it's the last hurrah <laughs> <laughs> see you next year <laughs> uh so he he flew out and joined us eric doesn't have money issues so no. <laughs> i was like he's a single bachelor who's living in a who's living in a how a multi or he's living with roommates and he pays like five hundred dollars in rent, so he's good with his money. Yeah, and he is good with his money. That's something that's always been really good about Eric. Um, I was like, he doesn't have a car payment. He doesn't have hardly a rent payment. He is gonna have a house payment here pretty soon, um, but he'll be fine with that. Um, so, uh, but I do think that that trip was it wasn't necessarily an easy choice for all of us, but it turned out to be a really really awesome fun choice um that i'll keep those memories with me for the rest of my life that's where like it's always hard when people talk about when people talk about money you know where it's like eh, it's not worth it like you know or whatever and it's like if i would have sat there and said it's not worth it nobody would have blamed me i think it's two things for us okay. i think i think it's two things for you and me in particular i i think there's the money thing, and I think for you and I in particular, and then if I'm off course, then you can, I'm, I cut you off, so you can go where you're, maybe where you're still going. I think for you and I in particular, though, is also, once you get married, it's just kind of assumed those kind of a trip, those kind of trips are like couples things, and you don't do those kind of dude or female things anymore, and I, I don't I don't subscribe to that. I, think, I don't believe in that at all. I think... If you get married and all of your friends are only friends between you and your wife, I'm not sure that that's – you still need to have – the wife needs to have her friends that she can get off and, frankly, talk shit about you because you sure, have – Absolutely. You have picadillos that need to be talked shit about, and they need to be able to, like, fuck my husband, but he keeps doing this, and I'm tired of it. Or – and same thing for the male. Like, I am tired of her riding my ass. But whatever it is. Or just different friends groups where you can go out. Everything. But And if, look, you're a couple and everything is you and other three or four other couples, fine. If it works for you, that's fine. I'm just saying the idea that I think we trap people into, like, you can't have after you're married, like, just guys groups and, and girls groups. Because the same weekend I was there in San Diego... My wife was off with Andy's wife for her birthday in Palm Springs, and they were having a gay old time too. So it was both of us going off and, and making nice memories for the year and having a good time. And I think that's important of just like, we're going to go rip it, and you know we're not making asses of ourselves, but just having a good time. And you know guys think about things different than ladies do, and, vice, and so it, it's good. it was a good weekend and thing to do. So I, And for sure... It's something I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. 100%. Number 15. How did you fail this year? Mm. 
Hmm. Wow, that's a really good question. Oof. Now I'm really not happy that I didn't get to see these questions in advance. <laughs> uh, where did I fail? For me, to give Ted, uh, Tim some time to think, I think uh, I failed. I don't know. This is also where self-reflection is also helpful. But, uh, I mean, just I feel like as a coach this last season, I failed in a couple of areas. I don't feel like I need to get into super detail or anything. It's... It's just more something personal where I just sit there and I say, yeah, you know, like this last year I failed as a coach in particular areas and I want to be better in those. And and so therefore those are goals for this next year of just trying to improve and, and grow and develop. Um, but yeah, that's mine. I was like, mine's pretty simple and a little vague, but that's what I'm going for. Uh, well, I guess if I'm being honest, I always, I always feel like I fail in how I communicate with my three. I'm going to go from like, I don't have an answer to like super deep, like I'm pretending to be super deep. But no, I, I think this is, I'm being really honest. I always feel like I'm, I fail at, uh, so I have three, I don't have any children of my own by blood I have three stepchildren and I always feel like I don't communicate with them as much as I should or would if I was their birth parent so yeah if I'm that's something I need to that I failed at this year and I probably failed at the year before and someone who talks about being intentional and mission and vision and all that that's something that I need to be more intentional about whether it be just like setting it in my calendar of I'm going to reach out and talk to this kid this week or text this kid this week or call. And then I'm going <coughs> to, sorry. And then next week I'm going to call this one. But, um, yeah, it's probably that. All right. So we're going to wrap this up. We're going to do part two next episode. We're at what? Epi we're at 15 questions. We just finished 15 questions. Out of 50? Yeah. All right. So we're going to do enough. I was prepared. We're going to do enough content through March. That'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we thank you for listening again to this special New Year's episode. And we hope that some of these questions have uh, made you think about the new year. We'll continue this after the new year. But, you know, kind of new year extends through the month of january we're kind of thinking about reflecting about the previous year and thinking about what you're going to do for uh the year that's already started but uh still has 11 and a half months to go so we'll continue this into january uh 
always subscribe, rate, and review. And if you don't like New Year's Eve, oh no, if you don't, if you do know the words by heart to Old Lang Syne, go to hell.